All right, this is episode eight of Music and More. Um, back after Christmas and New Year, which was pretty quiet for me, as I imagine it was for most people, really. But um, yeah, pretty quiet for me. Was it pretty quiet for you as well, Pete? Hey, hey, happy New Year. Yeah, no, very quiet, actually. We uh, hung out in the house and dodged COVID like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's some joke, but come on, man, that's for dodge COVID. Yeah. It's like a board game or something anyway. But yeah, I think that's the that well, that is the name of the game, isn't it, right now? It's the name of the game for everyone. Um so yeah, it's pretty quiet for me. But yeah, you know, it was it made sense just to lay the podcast off just for a few weeks while, you know, everyone's doing that sort of stuff. Oh yeah. Um although I did miss it, I have to say, do you know what I mean? I was thinking on the odd night, like, oh, you know, could do a little podcast now, but Either way, here we are, and we we don't really have we well we haven't got a guest this week, and there's no particular format, so it's just a bit of a chat, and um, you know, back after the new year and that. So, Pete, what do you got to say? Say something, Pete. Say something. Something. No, uh, I thought uh, the last podcast we had was fantastic. Uh, having Stu on was actually very good. I I, I listened to it probably three times because I, I was very uh, impressed with him. He was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I really enjoyed it as well. Um, another case is someone saying that they were a little bit nervous about it, but I don't know. I think Stu was more natural than sort of Tim or, or Tom. Do you know what I, mean? I think oh, it yeah. came across really natural um, and, uh, you know, had a lot of really interesting things to say. And like like you, I've listened back to that one quite a few times as well. Um, <laughs> he had some uh, great stories too. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, we, we all have, do you know what I mean? And that that's somewhere that would be really interesting just you know, just getting everyone on and talking about stuff like that. Obviously, in a, like a really sort of laid back fashion because, but yeah, the, the all sorts of funny stories, stuff like memorable incidents, of course there is, man. I was driving around just laughing in my car with him going, it's okay, I'm from Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was oh the guy that jumped on the drum kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> especially stories like that a lot but yeah yeah i really enjoyed having Stu on um really looking forward to having rob and phil on as well um whatever we end up talking about i mean kind of how this goes we just kind of make it up as we go along really but <laughs> it was it was it was really nice to have someone else from the band on do you know what i mean um because that, you know that it, it's kind of the perfect formula really in that you pete your your natural enthusiasm to want to sort of have answers about a lot of stuff is kind of a lot of the drive behind the format if you know what i mean because as as anything's being talked about it's making you think oh well that's interesting do you know mm. what i mean so um so it was great to have another member of the band on for for you to speak to your fanboy oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was like my christmas list yeah it was great <laughs> speaking of christmas list thank you for my gift of sharing a video of the rehearsal dude you didn't even tell me that was happening you totally kept that from me and then I wake up to a tweet from somebody else, uh, like a DM from a, a fan that was like, oh, that video is great. And I'm like, video, what? And I look online and I'm like, this guy didn't tell me a thing about this. Well, you not got your notifications turned on. Look, I no, I, <laughs> look, not, I, I'm in America. I woke up late and then I saw this video, but I'm shocked that you didn't even tell me it was happening. So, yeah, I was. Well, uh, I mean. To be honest, kind of with everyone's schedules at the moment and like everyone's lack of availability. I mean, it's different. It's going to be slightly different now. But, um, you know, we've been kind of planning the rehearsals really last minute. Well, I say rehearsals. We've done we've done three now. We're not getting ahead, ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about that one. Um, we, You know, I think we, we decided we were doing it three days before we did, two days before we did. 
Um, and because it was sort of over Christmas, in fact, was it Christmas Eve? When was it? I think I it was Christmas Eve because I remember a lot of people saying it was a Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was just a second practice, but it was good. Like the first practice were good. Um, obviously, it was very stripped down and that. But obviously, this time, as I don't, did we talk about it? I don't know. Oh, I talked about it on Twitter, didn't I? I did some videos and then that YouTube video where I talked about it. Um, this time, I actually went into, as you know, Pete, the uh, the garage that is just an absolute oh, yeah. mountain. Yeah, so I plucked up the courage to go in there anyway and start looking for stuff. And that's where I found the T-shirts as well, two boxes of T-shirts. But yeah, the primary objective there was to get the, um, to get my original equipment out. Do you know what I mean? The stuff I was using on the last dance so that we could actually play through the songs properly. Because that first, that first one we did, that I put videos up from, uh, you know, I wasn't even using proper sounds and stuff. So the people, I was yeah. just using like a normal guitar sound. It wasn't even like the uh, micro synth I wrote. So it was really important for me to to get that stuff. Well, A, get it out of storage and then B, make sure it plumbing worked. Because as I explained in that YouTube video, for someone like me who uses a lot of different sounds and me sort of having, you know, anxiety issues among many other things, I like to know that everything's sorted basically. Oh, yeah. So and the stuff that I had set up was perfect. It was all ready to go. And obviously it's been sat away for 10 years, but it's been playing on my mind a lot thinking, right, you know, it's all well and good saying we're doing this and I can't just leave it to last minute and then find out that, you know, my rig don't work and then I'm going to have to find alternatives. You know what I mean? Cause that's a, like a lot of stress to me. So, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, because I, you know, once it works for me, if it works and I like it, I'm not messing with it. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't see the point. I've been there and done that to be honest. Well, the gear looked like it was brand new, man. When you did that unboxing on YouTube, it was like everything looked immaculate. Yeah, I mean, it was been it, everything has been protected in massive, heavy duty flight cases. So, in theory, if it well, it obviously has kept the elements out enough because it's all fine. Like you say, I mean, to be fair, that amp, that Fender amp, was brand new. <laughs> well, it was brand new ten years ago, but it just it was one that Fender gave me to try out and. I think, I can't remember if I ever even unboxed it. And then when I was in the garage, I was like, oh, I remember what this is. So, <laughs> because basically I can, I could just get that one out of the garage. Whereas my other ones, the ones I used to use, the Tone Masters, they're a bit harder to get to in the garage. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping to use that Supersonic for as long as possible before I have to get the, um, get the Tone Masters out. But yeah, so that practice was a lot more advanced than the first one. We were in a much better room as well. Like the first time we were in that room, it had like no treatment, you know, no acoustic treatment at all. And it were all slappy and whatever, but the vibe were great. Whereas this time we were in a much more of a kitted out, you know, sort of recording room rather than just a flat out rehearsal room. It's actually like a, a recording studio, that one. It's one of the, the live rooms that they actually record in. So it sounded a lot better, man. It sounded really good in there. And yeah, it was, it took me a while to get my stuff set up because I, I mean, that's the other thing as well. I mean, back in day, obviously, you know, rehearsal was a case of turning up in your car and you walk into the room and everything's set up because we used to have our own room permanently set up. So there were no lugging gear around and setting stuff up and touching cables, which I can't stand. I've always hated wires. You know, our rehearsal room from the age of 18 was permanently set up all the time. I think we used to, I can't remember what we used to pay. Do we used to pay like 10 grand a year or something like that? I can't remember. Um, but, you know, we, we had a rehearsal room permanently set up so we could come and go as we pleased. And that was, you know, it's just so much easier doing it like that. So mm-hmm. like this way around, I don't know, it kind of feels like it's like a gorilla stripped down setup. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, 
I don't know, I just it's almost like being 15, 16 again, where yeah. you're lugging your own gear and it's like, man, I never had to do this, man. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who are in bands sort of sat there laughing, going, ha, yeah. ah, do you know what I mean? You've got to do it too. Um, but yeah, I've got to put gloves on and all sorts, man. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I can't stand the feel of them flight cases and all the, I don't know, that's funny about what touches my hands so um it was a big step for me that and you could, I don't, you could probably see you could probably tell from the twitter videos and like the sound of my voice and stuff like that and even maybe the youtube video the pre-rehearsal one where i were really apprehensive about whether the stuff were actually going to work and yeah. you know that were a that were a big milestone for me was a opening that stuff and it all being looking all right and then b getting it because i didn't plug it in at home i opened it all up at home but i didn't plug it in so I was like, I'm not you know, that's that's far too logical. You know, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'd rather oh, just I, be I, all anxious and scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you know, at least uh, you know, it's like I'll take it down there, plug it in, and then if it don't work, I'll just have to turn around and go. Well, sorry, lads, it don't work. <laughs> you know, I'll do. You know, I'll just uh, I'll mime. But yeah, so that were that were a big uh, big weight off my mind that making sure all that stuff works and you know it needs messing with and it's still not completely off my mind because I still don't know what amps I'm going to use and all these sorts of weird things and you know like whenever you're doing a big gig like that everything's got to have a spare you know what I mean you can't well you can I suppose but in the event in the event that you stood on stage playing in front of fifteen thousand people and your amp dies and you didn't bring another yeah. you know you yeah you've got problems so you always have doubles and so for my setup that i've got at the moment i do have spares like for all the effects and stuff i've got two versions and then for the other amps the tone masters i've got two versions this one's super soft. i've only got one but i don't know i'm probably going on about this stuff too much but to be honest like for me i'll be honest like this is the sort of stuff that bothers me in terms of someone saying to me you're playing a gig you know i don't go oh my god at the thought of trying to remember the songs or play them you know, that, mm-hmm. that is the easiest thing in the world for me. The hard thing for me is like being comfortable with like the setup. And another thing like you have to understand is usually with a band and that, you tour so much that things become commonplace, but they take a while to become commonplace. And that's true of like how the set runs, how you play the songs, you know, the little sort of breaks you have here and there. Everything becomes routine and you don't necessarily do it deliberately. But through that, that's where your confidence comes from in terms of like being a touring band is, you know, the fact that you're doing it so often that things develop. um, Muscle memory. Yeah, muscle memory. Things develop as you do it and the show develops as you're doing it. Whereas, and also that, that plays a role in the equipment as well you know the the road crew the technicians if you tour you know they've had enough nights to know how everything works to know where all the potential failure points are and plan for them you know what i mean you've got all this stuff and you can't think well just bring in experienced people and you'll be fine yeah there's an element of that but every rig is different and every rig every guitar rig you know some people just have a guitar and plug into an amp fair enough i don't do you know what i mean yeah, i've got yeah. white all sorts of elements to my rig that are, you know, some people would say it's too complicated and maybe in this day and age it is. And that's something else I have thought about. I have thought about, it's all well and good me relying on this stuff, but it's 10 years old now. Should I be looking to update this? But then you're like, what for one show? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't, it's, it, yeah. as much as, as much as like, you know, the, the, this gig is going to be about celebration and everything like that. It's going to be amazing. It's, I'm, not, I'm not being funny. It's going to be an absolute mind meld for me it's going to be you know things have to happen that put me at ease 
because like I say, we haven't got the the weeks and nights and nights and nights of doing it over and over again to know what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, we can do as much production rehearsals as you want, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this is probably a really boring topic. No, I don't not know. At all. Actually, it's one of the questions I got on Twitter uh, from Tom Manning, and I'll read his question for you. It's 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 all around the the sets and how you build your songs, but. He was saying, I'm guessing right now that they're simply trying to remember the songs, then they'll progress to getting comfortable with how they used to be. I'm wondering if that's the end game or whether they might start thinking, how about we do it this way? Or or it would be really interesting to see if like the music's Mark II. Now they're a bit older and, and wiser and may have a slightly different mindset. So, you know, yeah. is there any any logic to that? Like, do you guys plan on just doing it exactly how the record played it? Or is there any thought to like, oh, you know what? Now that it's 10 years later, we do it slightly different. Well, it's a really interesting question, actually. Um, and he's, you can tell by his thought process that he's, he's kind of, he knows what, he, well, is, is it the nail on the head kind of in the questions he's asking? Because, yeah, he's right. So first of all, it was a case of, remembering the songs and you know i mean phil was talking about this at the last practice you know phil was very much saying at the moment you know i'm not we're not going for stamina or anything here i'm personally just trying to remember everything so yeah there is, there is a huge element of that now it's probably it's probably a little bit different for me because i've been going through that since i started twitter because I've been, you know, doing all the riff videos and, you know, every day I did a riff video 15 minutes before I did it. And literally sometimes less, I'd pick the guitar up and go, right. Okay. Uh, can't remember how to play this song. Let's have a go. <laughs> you know what I mean? so that, that was me sort of starting to remember things. Now that's not the same as playing a song from start to end, linking up with everyone and all the little accents and stuff, because that's what comes from, again, sort of practicing a lot. But yeah, I think the thing that surprised us is how quickly it's all come back to us, really, in terms of um, playing the song. I mean, you know, I've been I've been over that really. Um, but like I said earlier, my stress is a lot more on logistics and the technical element. Not that you know, obviously, we're going to have road crew and that, but that that's the problem is when you've got all your road crew there and everyone who's involved, you can talk about these things. But when it's just us four, we're like, well, we can't really answer that until we know who the sure. techs are. Do you know what I mean? Or what rig we're going to be using? You know, mm-hmm. like we're even talking about things like, because obviously for, for some of the songs on the third album, when we played them live, mm-hmm. we used a bit of backing track. Do you know what I mean? For a few backing vocals and a couple of other things as well. And sequences and stuff. Cause obviously, you know, we sequences were a lot, were a lot more prevalent on that third album. So I, I, I want, well, we wanted to put more of that on a track. Do you know what I mean? Oh, to of sort course, of, yeah. Yeah, have the songs as more of an accurate representation of what they were. So, you know, we're talking about that. We're like, well, you know, what songs off the third album we're going to be playing? You know, like we've, we've been having all sorts of conversations, but to sort of further answer his question, it's something we're thinking about. I mean, I'm not going to get into the specific ideas of what and where, but we are very much thinking about one, you know, once we've got them to a point where we can remember them, how they used to be and stuff, is there any little bits of you know, extra sort of magic we can put in there or something different, you know what I mean? Especially because I suppose you have to bear in mind that, well, you'd expect the majority of the people, the large majority of the people that will be coming to see us will have seen us before, possibly knew, well, again, more than likely, numerous times. So they'll be familiar with how things go. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. there's the thing as well of not <laughs> trying to avoid it being too much like the last dance in terms of the set. None of us want that. Yeah. None of us just want to do the last dance again. 
And, you know, you can sort of almost hear people going, oh, they just did the last dance again. This is the but, last, last dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, the point is, is that we have a selection of hits. Well, not, you know, not hit our, you know, hits yeah, to our fans yeah. or whatever, but we have a selection that, that's going to get blooming played. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So when you, when you realise that, uh, you know, with the exception of a couple of different songs maybe that we're looking at, it's it's difficult to escape too much from the last dance really because yeah, there's a core there's a core yeah. set of songs that of course people get yeah. away long road of course you're going to be playing those you know there's no chance i mean if you didn't play those three and those aren't even i, I could probably name about five more i'm sure there's like a core set that was on the last dance but i think people are going to be more interested on some of those other ones that you guys decide to pull into this list you know i wonder which i wonder if there's going to be any song that is less often played that might actually make a set list well yeah we're, we're certainly trying to think about that um and again we're trying to think of ways to introduce something a little bit different to some of the more you know common played songs of ours sure sure, sure. And, and that's not making any promises do you know what i mean no, it's, I hear it, it, I hear but it but it's it's certainly something that we're thinking about when you know when thinking well we don't just want it to be the last time you know like something like long road how can we maybe do mm-hmm. something different long road you know maybe incorporating the original solo um you know little things like that um maybe add some covid lyrics you know like take the long road but wear your mask i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, i have just to say i've just realized i'm not recording (laughs) i'm recording because I'm not recording. We can leave that in. We don't even have to edit that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's certainly an interesting question. It's a well thought out question. I appreciate that question. So, so let's go back to the actual practice. I'm, I'm curious about how that went down because the video you shared was really, for, for one, the quality was really good too. I like the way you had it set up like low and it was like looking up and I, you know, that was actually some, some quality footage. The sound was great on the video. So that, that was actually pretty cool. It, Rob even, uh, I don't know if you saw, but on Instagram, uh, Rob shared like another angle uh, of part of the practice as well, which was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm curious uh, how much of that practice you recorded and uh, what we can expect to to see surface. Other than, I mean, the people, and it was the full version of the people too that was on YouTube, which was just yeah. so good. But yeah, uh, I'm curious what else you got in store for us. Well, I, good question. That. Um, so anyway, like, to go on to the first bit about the camera angles and all that that you're all excited about, I've, I didn't, you know, it, that's as high as my tripod would go, and I had to <laughs> tilt it up so it could see. So you know, there was no, there was no artistic element to that. Really, I'm, I'm shocked. It, it definitely looked like there was some thought put into it. No, not at all. It's, and I was annoyed I couldn't get Phil in. There was no real angle I could get everyone in and include Phil because he was really tucked away in a corner. Yeah, and he's the best uh, looking one too. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I talk about not giving the people what they want, but right. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, the camera angle and that. I mean, I'm not being funny. It's this phone, this S10e, man. It's like the camera on it and the microphone on it are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. They're just insane. Do you know what I mean? And like the 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 audio capture on that, you know, that's not that video's not going through any border. It's just mm-hmm. it's a whole band in a room being captured on a phone mic. And yeah, fair enough. That room is acoustically treated, which will have played uh, a big role in terms of yeah. you know making it making it more recordable in inverted commas for a phone microphone. But either way, you know, like, and it's not, it's not, there's it's almost like a good mix as well. Do you know what I mean? You can hear everything. Um, you, you can hear Rob's voice fine. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. So, yeah, that was that. the idea behind releasing it. Well, I'll say releasing it, putting it on YouTube or whatever, was the fact of, yeah, I recorded, I recorded everything by one song. 
Now, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with my phone because it's always full. Its memory is always full because I record shitloads of stuff, put it that way. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. When I write, I record on my phone as well as Pro Tools. I record on various different things. I fill all kinds of memories up with stuff that... But you see, everything's useful to me, so it becomes very difficult. Anyway, I recorded quite a lot of that practice. I didn't record one song, though. I missed one song, but I recorded the rest of them. Um, so what I usually do after the practice, well, we've only had three, but certainly after the first and second one, all the footage I'd put into the band chat. Did any of the songs that you practiced were like more challenging? Were you guys like, man, I forgot how to do this or, or, or just oh, yeah. didn't, didn't jive as well as say, because the people look effortless. Well, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think a lot of it was effortless like that. I think Phil struggled more than anything. Well, not struggled, but Phil sort of, um, you know, he hadn't got a kit set up at home in the same way that I can just start playing guitar at home and sure. familiarize myself. It's difficult for a drummer and obviously Phil's really busy with sort of his counseling work that he's doing now and his teaching and stuff. Um, so it's a little bit more difficult for Phil to, to be up to speed. Yeah. So I think as much as anything, Phil um, needs the time to, to remember, ex- you know, like, cause as I say, I've been already doing it. I've been playing mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for Twitter and those sorts of things. But um, yeah, so from the practice, we, I recorded other songs from other angles as well. So there are some songs um, with where you can see Phil. Um, but I don't know, man, like, so anyway, when I put when I put the people on the band chat, uh, I thought this, you know, this sounds really good. I'd like to put the whole song up. And then Rob came on as well and said, we should just put the whole song of that up because it sounds ace. So, um, yeah, so I put it up on my YouTube, put a bit up on Twitter as well, because it just sounded great, didn't it, man? Do you know what I mean? And it, it looked did. cool. It sounded it great. Just, it was just a cool little video. Um, and yeah, the so what I was going to say anyway was, I was, because I think the last time, you know, I put loads up, last time I practiced, I put loads of little sort of 30 second ones up. I wasn't even like little 15 second teasy ones up and I did quite a lot. So yeah, the day after I did the people one, I was going to put one of the other ones up, but the people one was still going up, like the views on it and that. And I, I, I watched back through a lot of the other songs and I was like, well, I kind of don't want to just put everything up. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the songs sounded like human sounding to me. Freedom Fight, I might put some of Freedom Fighters up actually because Freedom Fight sounded really good. Um, so yeah, actually, as I'm sat here saying it, I might put some more stuff up. Yeah, I might um, put some more little 15, little 30 second ones up. Um I don't know, like, I just sometimes I go through periods of thinking, yeah, people really want to see this. And then I go through periods of thinking, <laughs> oh, people, people are bored of it. People don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, then you might want to erase that last thought from your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. People yeah. people do want to see stuff like that, I, you know. Mm. I'm um, wondering if you guys are working, like, uh, you know, have you guys thought about doing any of the songs that you guys do, but, like, acoustic? Even, like, when you play it live, like, is there a song, you know, like, sometimes, like, Foo Fighters do that, you know, like sometimes, you know, they might do Hero and it might actually be acoustic, which actually, you know, they do it with a couple of other songs too. And and it sounds pretty cool sometimes. I wonder if you guys ever, because I've heard acoustic versions of Getaway before, but I wonder if you guys would ever consider doing a song that's just acoustic live. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. I mean, um, we used to do it like Robert play alone or something like that, um, which was, uh, was that on the B side of the first album? Anyway, but, yeah, that's another thing that we've talked about. Um, and that, a lot of that was kind of as a result of the kitchen videos that I put, that me and Rob put on Twitter and YouTube, you know, our little, because that was kind of, that was like the first stage to all these practices was that, mm-hmm. you know, one of the first stages was, you know, um, Rob wanted to sort of have a little test of singing through some songs. And I would, you know, I would just like, well, why don't I just, 
shoot round with an acoustic guitar and we'll just do it that way rather than sort of going the full band. So yeah, I just went around with the guitar and uh, just played the songs. So, but anyway, as a result of that, like songs like Karma, because we've never played Karma live. That was always just like something that happened in the studio and it had all kinds of like electronic, electronic elements that made it difficult to do live. Yeah. I mean, obviously our latest setup with the sound, uh, tracks and stuff we were using, we could have done that. But anyway, so that's, you know, maybe something like that. But again, I, you know, I don't want to give away too many, like I say, surprises. I don't really sure, know. Sure, sure. Certainly you know something along the line yeah like the kitchen videos we were doing we might try and bring uh, an element of that into the show okay. i would think cool yeah i think that, i think so anyway i mean we talked about all kinds of little ideas like that but yeah that's certainly something we would consider doing acoustic songs yeah definitely and, and i know you bring in some of the electrical effects for like stuff from the last album but what about some of the earlier songs like even like the people has like a, a really cool i don't even know how to explain it that little mix towards the end where it's kind of like it almost sounds like a dj <laughs> yeah three or three i think it's i think it's called the three or three it's like a uh, like an old school sort of synth vibe that we used on it um yeah there's a couple of little things like that there's also like a big 808 bass drum as well that we used to have on the people and we did used to use those things as well um oh, have we ever had the 303 no i don't think we've ever had the 303 live don't think we have i get confused but yeah um yes anyway the answer to that question is yeah so for those things, like the synth, so like on the end of Getaway, there's like that the big synth on the album. It's like the big synth riff um, mm-hmm. live. I kind of do that on the guitar, um, but you know that's something that we could. That's something that could go on track. Do you know what I mean? We could we could introduce elements like that, but. Again, these are all the sort of things where it gets a bit technical and you're like, well, right, well, what system do we need to run all that stuff? All, all very boring stuff that, you know, people, I don't know how interested people are going to be about that we'll side of it. We'll have to do a nerd podcast, you know, for the for the true hardcore musician type people that are want to know all the details of all the different albums and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had a couple of more questions uh, that came in before the break. Uh, let's see. Ian Gom, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not very good at pronouncing names. I think it's Gom, Gom, whatever. Uh, Ian says, uh, hey, Pete, loving the podcast with Adam. In future ones, can you hone in on live gigs and the rituals, pre-show, pre-walk on stage, riders, what they requested in certain countries, etc. cetera, uh, what they got up to on days off? Did they Did they do things together or alone? Always fascinating, and I love walking the dogs, listening. And then he writes, Batier, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> is that Ian, did you say? Sorry, is that yeah, that's, Ian? That's Ian yeah, that's Ian. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, he's a regular uh, comments on Podbean and stuff, and yeah, he's always commenting, saying he's enjoying stuff. So yeah, there's quite a few questions there, isn't there? So mm-hmm, we, start, mm-hmm. we start from the beginning, let's try and do that again. Yeah, 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 honing in on the live gigs and the rituals. Did you guys have any uh, pre-show rituals? Rituals, rituals. So... Um, Rob doing his warm-ups that's obviously that's his ritual but he kind of does that in the dressing room so it's kind of part of all our rituals that sort of thing um, I don't think we ever had any rituals as such I mean it, I, I think before we used to go on stage I suppose it depended on the size of the gig but if it was like a really big one like we'd just all four stand reasonably close to each other just being quiet and nervous do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean all, all like or not even quiet and nervous, maybe just quiet and determined. Do you know what I mean? And like, it'd be interesting, all four of us would just be kind of stood there. I'd, I'd just be swaying around, um, you know, Phil would be stretching his legs and doing stuff like that, clearly preparing for playing drums. Do you know mm-hmm, what I mean? And mm-hmm. it'd just be like, uh, they'd just be like, no one would say anything. 
because obviously, I mean, most of the time when you, you know, the, the loud things going on, line checks or whatever, especially if it's a festival, someone will have just finished there, all sorts of things anyway. So you just kind of stood there getting into the zone, I suppose. I mean, I don't, I don't know how naff that sounds. Ah, well, I guess to people who are listening to this, this sort of podcast, it don't sound naff at all. Well, you but know, yeah, it's you, interesting because that's like, uh, it's almost like the way you guys recorded music. You, you guys really didn't talk a lot, you know? <laughs> it's just like, you guys were sort of on the same page, you know? You guys just kind of did your thing. You, you, you melded these four different sounds, came together without talking much, and then you, it kind of sounds like you did the same thing for your, before you went on stage. There wasn't a lot of... Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. We just, we were so confident. We got so confident that, um, yeah, we didn't need to talk. And we, I suppose that was the only thing I could remember that I would describe as a ritual is that we'd all, all four of us would stand together. Maybe not that long. And because obviously we started, we always use intro, intro tapes. And that's something that we've never talked about. So the intro tapes, especially the first one, the Matrix one that I sampled, that was a big part of our set. What's but yeah? Oh, oh yeah, you. I think you did the Matrix. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had the Matrix sample. You know, the his, his ending phone box speech and the Matrix. I remember being fifteen, or I might have just been sixteen. Maybe I got that sampler for my sixteenth birthday. And I remember watching the Matrix, and the first time I heard those lines at the end, I just thought, oh, that just represents what I want this band to be. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I sampled that rather illegally. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. I sampled it straight off the blooming DVD player onto the out of the headphone jack um, into this little sampler that my dad, mum and dad got me for Christmas. And that that's what we use for the intro, like for for a long time. Can't remember how long we used that intro for. Um, but yeah, so that would kind of be the that's the big. When I think about going on stage, I mean. It, as I say, I can't remember when we stopped using the Matrix intro. Rob Hurst or someone will probably be able to tell me, one of the super fans. Um, but even now, when I think about going on stage, I hear that, I hear the Matrix speech because obviously the amount of times we, I mean, and like with the Matrix one, that most of those memories are squeezed into some rotten corridor, do you know what I mean? Under some stage made out of, you know, like milk crates or something. That's what, that's what you can remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not like the bigger, more posh gigs where you're at these massive venues and, you know, it's all a big deal. Like back in the day when we were playing these terrible little venues and like the Matrix, um, that Matrix speech would come on and then you're like, right, we know exactly where we're walking out here and, mm-hmm. you know, walk we walk out at the same time every time just so that I know that I've got enough time to pick my guitar up, put it on and get to the end of that speech and then do the first two notes of the dance. You know, for me, ah, like, okay. like if I watch the Matrix now, do you know what I mean? It gets to that bit. And he starts talking and, and I thought, oh shit, I've got to go on stage. Where's my guitar? And he's like, oh no, that is, and that's muscle memory for you. Because it's not just a little bit of a, oh yeah, yeah, I've got that twinge. It's a punch in the face. Like, are you missing something, mate? Do you know what I mean? The speech is on. You've got a job to do. I love and you're it. like, oh no, no, that was a long time ago. That doesn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess, I guess that's like the strongest thing I would remember as a ritual is... Okay. Standing around waiting for the intros to get to the right point to then walk on stage. And, you know, as I say, we walked on stage at the same like bit every time. And I remember, was it Birmingham? I can't remember where. But we were all signed dressing room when I were, you know, having a bit of parsley or whatever. And um the intro starts. And like we all just looked at it and you know, like it was that was a big venue, so it was quite a while to the stage. And we were like, we all just looked at each other and Oh my God, is that, are, this, are they line checking that or have they pressed start? And then it kept going. So then we had a, we had a mad dash 
down all these winding ventilated corridors <laughs> of this venue where the dressing rooms were uh, to get down to the stage. We didn't make it in time. I remember being absolutely fuming. Afterwards, <laughs> I was like, who triggered that sample? You know what I mean? Who triggered yeah. that sample? You know what I mean? Like, I'm supposed to bring those notes in at the end of that bloody right. Keanu Reeves speaking. You know what I mean? And I, oh, so like, you know, because that's part of the whole spectacle, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, little things like that, that, you know, that keep the energy up and make it move. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's dead air. Dead air is a crime. And if mm-hmm. you build up anticipation like that, you've got to have the note, the first two notes of the dance kicking in. But anyway, I've probably I've talked a, a while about that. But yeah, we, we I can't remember why exactly we stopped using the Matrix one either. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gathering but, it wasn't a cease and desist. <laughs> no, it wasn't. We, we got away with that for years, man. We got away with that for years. I mean, it was only ever in, we only ever used it at gigs. So yeah, yeah. You know, like unless unless you know, and we used it in LA and places like that. And we did some some pretty big gigs in LA. So you'd have expected someone to have been there being like, Oh yeah, man, I'm gonna tell my <laughs> mate about that. But right. no, we never got but yeah, then we did um then I did another intro, didn't I? I remember doing that. I did that, was it Philadelphia on the tour with Kasabian? I did it on a little laptop and a little MIDI keyboard. And I can't remember why. I think we just wanted another intro. And then we used that for quite a while and then Phil did one. Phil did a really great one. Um, and I think I've talked about that. Have I talked about I think I've, I've suddenly got a so. flashback of talking about this. But Phil did one and we were at, was it London Astoria? I think it was London Astoria. I can't remember where. But anyway, Phil was elsewhere. I don't know where Phil was. Well, he was at the desk or whatever. But suddenly we were in the dressing room and I heard the guitar riff from Dragon Song like really loud and I was, but like with a beat behind it. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. And then I sort of started walking out thinking, all right, because I remember Phil saying, you know, we, what about intros? Is anyone doing any intros? I might do an intro. And yeah, I just, I, it was blasting out of the PA and I just walked out of the dressing room and just went, right, that's the new intro. And then just walked back <laughs> into the dressing room. I was like, oh, that's mint, is that, man? It sounded it. Mm. He'd like taking um, taking the riff from Dragon Song and then put this beat behind it, done some other stuff, just just really cool little things like that. So yeah, that's a very long answer to that question, but it made right. me think. So there you go. Well, what about writers? Did you guys ever have things? Writers, writers? yeah. You know, like Van Halen would say, you know, yeah, famous yeah, no, we never had anything like that. Uh, Rob had a lot of things on the rider in terms of vocal stuff they needed for his voice, you know, like honey and things like that, um, and little different teas, um, things like that. The, I mean, like back, back, back in the day, it was always like, what was it, 60, 60 B&H gold and bloody 10 packs of silver Rizzlers or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, back in the day, all that stuff was on the rider. And as much as possible... You know, Parsley was on the rider as well. You know, I'm not being funny. <laughs> Anyone who works in this business knows how it works. Every venue in the world, there is someone who deals with that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, on some riders. And then, interestingly enough, that's easier in Europe, like out in Europe. Do you know what I mean? Like France, Germany, and stuff like that. You, you know, you say, got any of that on rider? And they're like, yeah, no problem, no problem at all. <laughs> the majority, majority of places will facilitate that sort of stuff. It's just how the game works, isn't it? Um, but yeah, other than that. I don't know. I don't think we have really ever had, ever had any. Did we put a toasty maker on it once? And we might have had a toasty maker. <laughs> oh yeah, we we survived on toasties in America, like on the bus, because we could just have a toasty maker on the bus, and you can you know wake up absolutely hammered at three. Well, I say wake up, <laughs> you'd be absolutely hammered at three in the morning, and just think, oh, I'm having a ham and cheese toasty here. Do you know what I mean? And then. <laughs> end up making some abomination and scolding yourself. Oh God, got some funny stories about food accidents on bus as well. <laughs> well, funny for other people, not necessarily for the people they happen to. Oh yeah, I remember once, man, uh, we were in France 
and um, we were having some food like before the gig. So obviously, you know, when you play a venue, the you either provide catering or they do. So they provided catering, and I was sat there. We were all sat round anyway, and I were eating this French onion soup, which were gorgeous as well, and it was but it was boiling and like it had proper like French uh, bread in it like, uh, like in French onion soup you have it quite stale like really yeah. like sort of hard bread so I was trying to rip some of this bread up ended up tipping the entire lot like onto you know there basically onto myself and this stuff was a thousand degrees but of course everyone laughed do you know what I mean and I'm like yeah, I'm scolding it and it seemed funny but um, <laughs> yeah so I don't I'm trying to think of anything else sort of odd that we've ever had on the rider I think, any, you know, like video games or anything like that no no I, you know we had that on the bus uh, anywhere you go really I mean even on some of the lower rent bus so to speak you you have consoles and video games and stuff like that you, you wouldn't generally have stuff like that on the rider I mean, you know, unless you're massive, massive, massive levels. Um, but, you know, generally it's just beer and crisps. And all right, what type of crisps do you want? <laughs> sorts of things, you know, what pop do you want and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we've never been to... I, I mean, I, I'm trying to think, because I'm sure they'll I'll probably remember some little specific things. Like, did I get Cadbury's cream eggs put on the rider at one point? Can't remember. I can't remember. I, I mean, in some bands, it's just a, it's seen how far you can push the envelope, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, put a helicopter on there and see what they say, do you know? <laughs> yeah, you're lucky they'd bring real parsley. You put that on the rider. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, oh. I like oh, parsley, what am I going to say? <laughs> I brought you some broccoli as well. I should stop using that. I should just start saying the real thing. But I don't know, man. It just I don't. I know. like children in need better. Yeah, that's <laughs> that creased me. That that I mean, yeah, that really creased me. So yeah, man. Have we got any other little questions from Tom there? Because one there are a few. The other one Tom had, I think, what we've already discussed. You've you've talked about this in the past, but he asked what you know what you guys did after gigs. And I, I know you shared that you know a lot of times you guys would kind of break off and do different things in different locations. And uh, but yeah, the other question was what you guys did after gigs to, to well, together I mean, or by yourselves. Yeah. So and didn't he say days off as well? One days off yeah. included. Mm-hmm. In terms of after gigs, well, that again, a, a lot of that depends on mood and stuff like that with everyone. But generally, certainly back in the early days, it's difficult, man, because this is the question that's going to involve partially again, and I'm still going to keep calling it that. I just am. But um, so back in the early days, we come off stage and obviously immediately skin up. You know, that's what we do. That's what everyone would do. Um, <laughs> and then we'd sit in the dressing room you know, do smoking and drinking and getting progressively more chilled with, you know, people coming in and, you know, you build up a little party in the dressing room and then eventually that party spills out into the bus and, you know, that's how things go. But the thing that happened in 2007 with the smoking ban, I'm talking probably largely from my own point of view here, really, was, you know, for someone like me anyway, you know, I'll talk about it on this level. You know, my life is just easier if I've got it, do you know what I mean? And yeah. if I'm able to have a joint, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be candid about it or whatever. I don't know. But so that played a huge role in my, in just my general comfort. Do you know what I mean? As long as I've got that, you know, that comfort blanket, if you want to yeah. look at it like that, I can deal with pretty much anything, pretty much anything. So when this, so, you know, and I'm very patternal, me, very routinal and I follow, follow a pattern. And if, if I can't follow that pattern, things aren't right. And I get, 
really wound up do you know what i mean and i just can't be in right frame of mind so as i say it's what we did when in the early days it's not been funny but we all smoked quite a lot you know what i mean on the buses and in the venues and just all the time and that 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 phased out for everyone else you know rob stopped that really early doors um and eventually everyone else stopped it as well but i i still i still did it because it it played such a, uh, a big role in my um well-being really my sort of day-to-day balance so anyway talking about it at more of a a a practical logistical level we went from you know starting gigging in what 2001 or 2002 properly all the way up till 2007 being allowed to smoke in venues so it it was never really a problem but all of a sudden when the smoking ban came in that made things obviously it was harder to smoke inside um so that became a bit of an issue so what i tended to used to do was because like whenever we used to come off stage that's the first thing i'd do is go have a joint you know what i mean it's because it's ingrained in my brain so it got to a point where as soon as we come off stage i'd go straight to the bus on my own and i'd sit there for about 15 20 minutes just on my own mm-hmm. and i'd just have that and then i'd go into the dressing room and it were interesting actually because um i can't remember specifically what age i was but i started seeing um I did see a counsellor actually for a while and a psychiatrist actually at that point for a sort of a different issue really. But it was one thing he said to me, he said, I think it's quite crucial that at a time when you should be riding the high of a show with the rest of your bandmates, you take yourself away and, you know, sit and have a, sit and have a joint, you know, not in a critic, not in a criticising way, but, mm-hmm. you know, just I think that's interesting in terms of what role that will play in, um, you know, how you feel about things and how maybe they feel about you and things like that. And, sure. you know, there's no you know, speaking openly again, there's, you know, there's anyone that knows me knows what role that's played in my life. Do you know what I mean? And but the point was anyway that, you know, you talk about rituals that that is you know that was my ritual massively live yeah yeah, oh massively yeah and you know it played issues it it caused issues in japan especially because obviously it's quite different over there although not being funny but at fuji you get what you want but but, you know whatever the less said about that the better but um you know everywhere (laughs) else it's very difficult and you shouldn't be doing it you know i mean in terms of if you get caught it's quite severe and um so yeah that i mean that was always like japan was always so surreal for me do you know what i mean because i was like it's because oh my god i'm sober this is the trippiest thing i've ever seen in my life do you know what i mean as someone like who's perpetually like i want to go to being sober it's like oh my god how much does this drug cost um (laughs) but yeah but unfortunately in that situation before i was sort of diagnosed and medicated that just led to crackers behavior do you know what i mean because at mm. least with parsley or whatever cannabis funky, whatever uh, at least you had you know it sort of alleviated a lot of the more well it alleviated the symptoms that would make people stand next to you and go what the hell is going on here <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? which i have often been known to do but I mean, I, for me, like, you know, I've just, life's all about avoiding stress. I can't handle stress. I mean, I don't know about some people. Some people can handle stress and like, you know, they're, they're the guys and gals who are running massive businesses and stuff like that because they've got that thing in them that enables them to, I don't know, just process that stress. Whereas, I don't know, it just crushes me. It always has done. And, you know, again, cannabis as always. It's just alleviated. It just alleviates it in a, sure. in a nanosecond and just makes me happy. 
So uh, another question about shows. Uh, let's see. Dave Robson was talking about, you know, you remember when we were having the merch conversation and jokingly oh, yeah. saying that you were you were in charge of all the merch and all that. Anyways, he was saying it would be uh, it would be nice as we get closer to the gig to find out if, uh, you know, who will be taking care of the merchandise, because uh, it'd be interesting to see if there was like some of the old T-shirt designs to be po- possibly reproduced. So, you know, maybe if uh, if there was some idea as to who's actually working that, that'd be interesting to get some fan input into what some of the shirts would look like. Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, when we talked about this last time, um, we will be deciding what shirts we have. You know what I mean? That will be a decision that us four come to with the management. You know what I mean? Um, so it's not like we're not involved in that or I'm not involved. All I meant was that is it's just too early to think about that stuff, really, about T-shirt designs and all that. It takes no time to knock all that stuff up, you know. And I did a few T-shirt designs, you know, them North ones that I did with Martin from the North. Um, mm-hmm. And Speaking we've got which, some... <laughs> how, many, yeah, how many shirts did you get? Uh, how many people DM'd you and requested you for some of the shirts in that box? The, the one with the shirts and spiders? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think... <laughs> video had like four and a half thousand views on twitter so yeah people wanted them sure i didn't even think about that so i just thought it was like an interesting thing to show people and then yeah. like, i want one i want one it's like i'm not being funny but do you think i'm gonna go to post office a thousand different times <laughs> and send a thousand different t-shirts i don't mean to say maybe i do sound rude saying that i don't know but no I it's do- a real it's a real question right like seriously who's gonna I'm do that doing, <laughs> i'm not doing that I can't be bothered more than oh. Do you know what I mean? Someone wants them, they can come and well, no, they can't. Yeah. But, uh, just, just send you know, your address. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but I've got better things to do. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I totally get that. I'll expect my shirt, though. Just kidding. Well, I think, you know, uh, to be fair, um, Arginize texted me and she said, look, if you want if you want some help doing that, I'll, I'll help you next, um, you know, uh, sometime into January because she's done it. She's done it before, aren't she, with uh, selling a few and giving the money to charity, yeah, which is something yeah. I'd be up for. I've got, you know, if if... That's it. If they, if someone wants to process them and stuff like that, like and give the money, it's cat's protection, which is what my charity of choice would be. Then fair enough, but I can't be bothered thinking about that. I've got far too much other stuff on my brain. Uh, but I do appreciate the fact that yeah. because I put a video up, people are going to be like, "Oh, I want one." But that was kind of was never my intention. I don't, <laughs> maybe it was mischievous of me. I don't know. It's kind of funny. <laughs> All right, one more question from the mailbag here. This one's from. Eric Armitage, I think I'm pronouncing that right, hopefully. Uh, and he, he's got a quiz for you. I don't know if you know the answer to this. He said, here's a question for Adam that he won't know the answer to. <laughs> okay. He's, he's pretty confident about that. He said, okay. there's a version of The Walls Get Smaller with vocals. Who sings the vocals? There isn't a version of Walls Get Smaller with vocals. There isn't. I don't think I've heard one. Maybe he just there sings is- it in his house. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me let me let me um let me think what he might be referring to. What do we have to, do we he... have to ask Rob H? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, like uh, I'd remember. You know, I'm not being funny. Well, I don't know. What could he be thinking about there? There isn't. There, there's never been a version of Walls with vocals. There just hasn't been. Yeah, I haven't heard one. Try to think, like, like maybe Judas, one of our old tune, tunes. Judas maybe had a similar chord structure. I don't know what he's on about, man. I don't know what he's on about. Maybe if Robert listens to this, he'll probably add a couple of days from now or whenever, a couple of days after I publish this, I'll just get a message from him on Twitter saying there is not a version. <laughs> what? Vocals. I'm not honestly like, I don't know. 
they're just in. Unless there is, this might be another one of the times where someone goes, yeah, there is, it's here. No, no, they're in. <laughs> we've, never do, we've never done a version of Walls with vocals on. You know, that wouldn't happen without me knowing for the start. Do you know I what would I mean? think, right. yeah. You know, that, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. But it is fascinating me trying to think of what he might be thinking about. Hmm. You know, it's just the fact that he said there is a version who sings it. It's like, what, what have you heard? <laughs> what have you heard? Did I have a blackout at some point? Or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's always been an instrumental, man. Yeah, you know for I mean? real. Yeah. All right, well, Eric, uh, you, 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 I don't know if I would use the word stumped because uh, I don't <laughs> think it exists, but uh, send your proof. Let's see what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm more than happy to, for him to believe that there is one, but I'm, I'm almost, well, I know for a fact it'll be something that sounds a bit like it, if anything like that. Because we've never we've never done a we've never done walls with vocals on it, ever. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, yeah, this, this has been an interesting uh, episode of uh, fan questions. If you have more questions, by all means, uh, send them to either Adam or myself. I'm at v Pedro Arrow on Twitter, and uh, we'll do our best to to get your questions answered. So, uh, yeah, we got a couple of great shows coming up, right? I mean, um, I'm really looking forward to talking to Phil and obviously Rob as well. So we'll see. We'll get those going and. Uh, Definitely a few other ideas in down the pike as well. So, but uh, I'm really glad that you guys got out to do that practice. That was a blast, and uh, I'm glad you broke out your gear. And uh, you need to maybe uh, get that gear out for the podcast as well. Maybe uh, maybe in the next couple of episodes we can uh, get some get some guitar going and uh, do some live shows here. I mean, why not? You got the gear. Yeah, we can say, we can certainly try. Yeah, um, I don't know whether I can do it with my proper rig because I'd have to bring a full amp in here and stuff, and I haven't got th- that's all the stuff that's sealed up. But I can certainly I can certainly make something happen at some point. Yeah, man, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's something we've talked about in it. So yeah, I'll be up for that. I don't know when. Um, you know, it's just the sort of thing that we'll play by ear. But yeah, it could be interesting. Yeah, maybe I'll sing over walls get smaller since, <laughs> since that's a thing. <laughs> Honestly, man, that is bugging me. I cannot think what he means. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think that's probably going to be the end of this episode. Uh, we've come back into it a little bit unprepared, really, I suppose. But, you know, it's a relaxed vibe in it anyway. But been just easing into New Year with him, really. And obviously, if start to think about um, getting Rob on, getting Phil on, other people like Organize and other people who, you know, were involved right from the start and... Um, yeah, I think people like Organizer are interesting because um, as I was talking to her the other day, actually, and she was saying that she's got like a unique perspective because she was so much inside, but also an outsider at the same time, sort of viewing it all. So yeah, that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, it's been good to get back to it, Pete. I've, I've actually missed chatting to you. Um, I don't know why I'm surprised by that. You're a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I've missed chatting to you over the past two weeks. I really, I really get into doing these. I really enjoy it. Same here, my man. So, yeah, um, thank you for listening, everyone, and stay safe, as Pete says, and uh, we'll speak to you on the next one. <laughs>